Welcome to Season 5 of the Excel Still More Podcast. I'm still your host, Chris Emerson, and I'm here to encourage you in your walk with the Lord, and I'm glad you've joined. The program continues to be sponsored by Cunningham Financial Group. John is a good friend, and he's helped me and my family in everything from stock and mutual fund investing to annuities, life insurance, and retirement planning. I certainly commend him to you if you have needs in any of those areas. You can reach him at 205 205- 3267364. Thank you again for your ongoing encouragement and support. Let's get started. Hey, welcome. Let me jump right in today with the origin story behind today's episode title, Live to 100. That may not in any way sound enticing to you, and we will come back to you and me in just a minute. But here's where all of today's content got rolling for me. There is a new Netflix documentary by this name, Live to 100, with the subtitle Secrets of the Blue Zones. All of the travel and interviews are conducted by a guy named Dan Butner, a very interesting fellow. He was this incredible athlete in his 20s and 30s and set world records for bike riding across continents, not countries, continents. And during all of that, he met people from literally all over the world. And in his 40s, he started devoting himself to the study of those cultures, particularly cultures that had healthier, longer, more productive lives. And so this documentary represents the fruit of those labors as he visits five different areas on the planet called Blue Zones. These are the areas where more people live to be 90 or in their 100s than anywhere else on the planet. And while your vision of people in their 80s, 90s, or 100s may be sick or bedridden, that is not the case, by and large, in these countries. Basically, he wanted to find out why. And I hope that that at least intrigues you today. If there are some things, either culturally or individually, that those people are doing that are allowing them longer, healthier, better lives, maybe we can adapt to some of that. This, by the way, immediately drew my attention because I've actually done some of this study before. I did an episode, an ESM episode, in October of 2019. We were numbering the episodes back then, so if you look for it, it's episode 75, and it's titled Island of Icaria. That is an island off the coast of Greece that has about eight to 10,000 people, and they were just blowing everybody else away in terms of longevity. And so while today's episode will not feature Ikaria, we will be in Okinawa, Japan for today's content. If you would like more after this episode is over, I encourage you to go check that out. I am still implementing to this day some of the things I learned from that research. So I'll put a link and a reference in the show notes. So before we dive into the lives of smiling old people from Japan, let me go back to you and me a minute and talk about this phrase, live to 100. I don't know how you would answer this question if I just sat down with you for lunch and said, hey, do you want to live to be 100 years old? I kind of suspect a lot of us would say, no, not really. And if we dug in on why that was, we may have some spiritual reasons for that, which you have to respect. Somebody may say, look, I want to see my kids raised, my grandchildren obey the gospel, and then I'll be ready to head to heaven, and I can understand that. But I wonder if more of us are just speaking from observable experiences. For the most part, people who get to the age of 80 and beyond experience a great number of limitations. 
you and I have both seen older people that we care about in super restrictive, devastating life stages where you were even praying for God to take them. And if that's your idea of being 90 years old, then then that's certainly a reason not to want to get there. But I have to say, just to turn some optimism into this very early, even right here in Lindale, Texas, I know a lady who is 97 and still very awesome. One of the funniest, most involved people that I know. And if my life can be like her life, it's a pretty exciting prospect. There's another fellow here who will be, Lord willing, 94 years old on Christmas Eve that still gets up every morning, goes and works out, visits friends, super social, and has great ties to his family. And while I have no doubt that genetics are a major player in all of that, things that cannot be controlled, if that's what's on the table, I'm down. It sounds pretty amazing. But even with a couple of examples like that, and I may reference Mr. Eugene or Miss Vernice again at the end of the episode, you still may just have this very negative thought about it. Maybe it's related to what happened with your parents or grandparents. Maybe you already have so many health issues that it just feels impossible. So how about I ask you a similar question and just phrase it differently? Would you be interested in lifestyle changes, not just diet and exercise, but overall lifestyle approach changes that would allow you to live a longer, happier, healthier life. If you had the opportunity with good energy to enjoy your family an extra 20 years beyond many others, would that be something attractive for you? I promise not to bombard you with statistics today, but one of the early things noted in that documentary, and I can't recall if it was America or worldwide, but they said that two-thirds of people die from avoidable diseases. Think about that. Two-thirds of us check out before we should have as the result of something that could have easily not been the case. Let me be clear. This episode isn't about a few super secrets so that we can all live to be 100 and celebrate our victory, but why not improve our quality of life, especially, as you will hear today, if we learn what it means to be mission and communally oriented, where extra life means extra impact. I think we can do it. I think wherever you are, you can change what is coming. You can live longer and better without really trying, and you can learn to get all of the good years out of your body that that body was designed to provide for you. So to jump in on the specifics, an early episode has Dan visiting Okinawa, Japan. They are the longest living people, statistically speaking, in world history. And this is happening in a very strange time in modern culture where the average expectancy around the world is actually declining. Can you believe that? With all of our technological advancements, and yet this area and several others are running counterculture, and it's to their benefit. Here are some specifics you might find interesting compared to the rest of the world. Those in Okinawa have a fraction of the rate of diabetes, one-fifth the amount of heart disease, and far reduced cases of dementia. You have to admit, those are three big ones, diabetes, heart disease, and dementia. So like I'm doing with you today, I appreciate that the documentary doesn't jump right into diet and exercise, though you've got to give me at least a few minutes for that. And they just start at a lady's house who is 101 years old. She's there with three of her kids, with some grandkids, I think some great grandkids. She's smiling and dancing around a little, and they're playing some game, throwing some rings onto some pegs. And they asked her, what is the secret to a long life? And she said things like, 
always have fun, make people happy, forgive quickly, don't get angry, and laughter brings longevity. I think that might be it. I think I can close the episode right here and we would have a lot to work on. There is this general optimism, thankfulness, and positivity. It is being resonated within her family. We'll talk about social constructs in a moment. But it's very clearly biblical, the idea of anxiety and worry and letting everything weigh you down is not adding time to your life. And I think Jesus is saying it's the opposite. And consistently, as they interviewed these people around the country, there was a lot of joy that they had chosen to emphasize in their lives, and they weren't hanging on to all the baggage. In other words, stress kills and laughter brings life. Now, I may have already lost you right there. You may have said, look, my life, lots of things going on, hard to be thankful, many things have not gone my way. Well, let me just give you a tender, compassionate, friendly pep talk. Get over it. Okay, I probably wouldn't actually say it that way if we were hanging out sharing stories, but I do want to tell you something about these citizens of Okinawa. If they are 100 years old, then they were born in 1923, meaning that they were between the ages of maybe 18 and 20 during World War II. Did you know that something like 200,000 citizens and soldiers in Okinawa were killed during World War II? If you see a 90-year-old walking around there today, they were like 10 when all of those people were killed. They faced horrific devastation and death. And the interviewer asked about that and how it factored in. And here was their basic ideology. We went through the worst of times. And their worst is a lot different than my worst. We came through it. We rebuilt this nation, and we're just grateful for the times in which we now live. I don't want to preach on this all day, but sometimes I feel like we have had it so easy in our time. Yes, we definitely face difficulties and natural things that happen in life, but overall, we've had very comfortable environments in which to live, which can often make us nitpicky and complainers, and maybe even if we aren't careful, never satisfied. For these octogenarians and whatever it means to be in your 90s and 100s, watching their children and grandchildren and great-grandchildren live in freedom is enough to keep them smiling every day. Maybe we would do well to spend more time grateful for how wonderful our circumstances are. And if you've been through difficulties in the past, the fact that you are through them should seed in you some residual thankfulness that brightens each and every day. I hope I get some time at the end to talk about the church. I really feel like what Christ built is this perfect mixture of all of these wonderful ingredients. But if you were lost in sin, it was never any worse than that. If you are freed from sin, if there is no longer any condemnation for you in Christ Jesus, how great is that? A good dose of perspective and optimism is helpful. One of those ladies was playing a little banjo song, 101 years old, playing a song on the banjo singing, don't catch a cold, don't fall down, don't get angry, have lots of fun. I think I'm in for that. Are you? It can change a lot of things about your life, starting with your mentality and then radiating outward into everything else. And maybe that's where it begins, with a positive, grateful outlook. Now, yes, give me a couple of minutes they definitely are careful with their diet and exercise. It wasn't any one particular food, though. I want you to see that. 
in Okinawa, they eat like 70% purple sweet potatoes, a lot of soy products, not very much meat. But it isn't really about that. I think you could invert all of that and probably be okay. The point is, everything they eat has a purpose. And the purpose isn't to get out of some malaise or depression that life has seeded you in. They don't live like that. The purpose is to provide some sort of health benefit to them. I won't say much more than that, but I think if we could begin to say, life is good and I am blessed and I want to continue growing in this and I want to continue influencing others for this, I'm going to put food into my body, whatever you choose to do, whatever plan you favor, whatever fits your body type, whatever, but I'm going to put things in my body that I choose intentionally because they service some desirable outcome. Yes, I know sometimes that food is ice cream because the intended outcome is to enjoy ice cream. But I think the idea of live to 100, the reason I like it is it asks you to cast your eyes out a little bit further than the next 10 minutes on the couch. Speaking of couches, the Okinawa culture doesn't have very many of them. They typically in a house maybe have a couple of very low benches where you'd have to kneel down to get on it and use leg power to stand up. They walk a lot. They stand a lot. They're gardening and doing things around the house. The idea of just sitting on a comfy couch, exercising in no way, devouring cell phone data or television programming is not natural to them. And I would argue it's not natural to you either. They intentionally work on their core. They work on their leg muscles. This actually reminds me of Mr. Eugene, who goes to church here, who even before he gets out of bed in the morning has a series of flexibility, balance, and muscle strengthening exercises that he does every day. So you really can't avoid the fact that just some daily intentionality towards the foods that they eat and the way that they move makes a massive difference. One more thing on the food is they average about 2,000 calories a day, and they know kind of what it's comprised of. In America, I forget, it's something like 3,600 calories a day. And you can give me all kinds of reasons, but that's why 73% of Americans are overweight, because our portion sizes are huge, we make food colorful, we put additives in it to produce extra flavor, and we just eat a lot. In Okinawa, they have a phrase that literally translates to 8 out of 10, and it means that they stop when they are satiated while eating, but they always try to end when they're 80% full. So take that for what it's worth. They seem very happy. They want to live. They're optimistic about their health. They eat about half as much. They move about twice as much, and it's working. Okay, two things I absolutely have to tell you about that stuck out to me more than anything else in these interviews are two words, moai and igikwai. Moai means a committed social circle. It's this communal idea of pooling together their energy, efforts, and resources to help their neighbor, their family, and their friends. I remember this from the Ikaria episode. Older people didn't just go die alone. They didn't separate themselves from the family garden or business or activities. They stayed involved. They were welcomed to stay involved. They never lost their sense of community and communal value. Somewhere in the episode, it quotes some source in saying that loneliness can cost 15 years of life expectancy. I don't know how that works, but I believe it. Stay involved with people. 
This is one of the great things about the church. We've got people in our church in their 80s and 90s. Miss Vernice stands out to me. She writes cards. She stands in the middle of the foyer handing out her cards. She's 97 or at least soon to be, and she's interacting with people and she's sharing. She lives with her daughter and her granddaughter, and she is a part of that family. I was just talking to Miss Bernice's daughter, Christine, yesterday, and she said that where they lived before they moved here, they lived just a little bit outside of town, and each workday, Miss Bernice had a job in town, and she would walk there every morning, 94 years old, and interact with people and walk home. Moai is a way of life for those people where everyone continues to matter, and it drives them in a special way. What does that mean for you? It means not to be secluded. It means, for me as a preacher, that you find a church home and you begin making connections in that church home. You begin becoming a part of other people's strength. Family members, value people in your family at every age and make sure they understand their value. We live in such an individualistic culture where the younger generation just goes out and does it on their own. And and not only do they miss out on the wisdom of the older ones who have seen so much, but it ultimately depletes the value of those people and leads to negative outcomes that were avoidable. The second word they use is igigkwai, I think. I may not have that exactly right. And all it really means is mission. They don't even have a word for retirement. Most of them are still working in their gardens or in stalls in the marketplace. They're keeping their minds and their bodies engaged. And there is a social element to that, which we've just spoken about. But maybe even more than that, there's just a purpose every day. They have a mission. They don't wake up in the morning and go, what do I do? I don't think there's anything to do or anyone to help. That really felt consistent in all of the interviews. I just don't think any of these people woke up and wondered what their reason was for still being alive. Whatever your age is today, do you wake up in the morning with a clear sense of the reason God has continued to allow you to dwell in that vessel? Do you have your igigkwai, your mission? They carry this indelible sense that they count, that they are needed, that they have value, and that that resides in their core, and really everything else I've mentioned today is built around that. I hope your family provides that to you, but let me tell you, Christ will provide that for you. If you are a member of Christ's body, his church, in a relationship with him, and you're waking up in the morning and you do not know your mission, there is an entire world of optimism and joy awaiting you, found right there in the pages of Scripture and the invitation of your Lord. And I think for me, as we conclude, it all works in reverse. If it be with those that I love or with Christ, I find my igikwai, my reason for living. I'm here on purpose. I am God's workmanship to carry out his good works. I am a vessel on the Lord's table. This body is that vessel, and God has work for it to do. From there, I can work my way backwards through our episode. I can find people to help. I will always associate the work of the Lord with community, with societal impact, with service. I will not accept loneliness or isolation. That is not my purpose. From there, I have a reason to move. Actually, engaging in some of that will literally get you on the move, as is the case sometimes with Vernice or Mr. Eugene. But now I have this great reason to improve my health, to walk for 30 minutes in the evening, to try to work on my 
balance. Now I'm not leaning into food as some happiness in an otherwise unhappy day. Food becomes the fuel for my life, and I have a direction in my life. Look, as I close this down, I know we sometimes talk about living in daytight increments and making the best out of every day, but I think God has built us with the ability to see the joy of now and also plan an even better future. But I don't think you can be unhappy now and plan some walk that gets you to happiness. I think you have to find your peace and purpose today and then start building towards where that might take you. And hopefully you buy into your total value for God and for others, and you end up with this beautifully holistic approach that, yeah, includes diet and exercise, but also conversation and worship and Bible study. And yeah, as I said in the open, you can live maybe not 100 years, but a longer, healthier, happier life than you would have otherwise. And I just don't see how anybody can balk at that. Is it difficult? Yeah, that's why most people don't do it. But most people don't see very far in front of their faces. If the good Lord wills it, I see many years of love and growth and life. And while that sometimes may be a grind, I just want to remind you what that sweet old 101-year-old lady from Okinawa said. Always have fun. Make people happy. Forgive quickly. Don't get angry. Laughter brings longevity. Then she pulled out her banjo and said, hey, don't catch a cold. Don't fall down. Don't get angry. Have lots of fun. May God bless you and me as we pursue all of those things for however many years we have left. And then, who knows, maybe we will live to 100. Thank you so much for listening in today. If you enjoyed this program, will you share it with someone you care about? One thing I've learned over these five seasons is that there's nothing as powerful in advertising as word of mouth sharing between friends. Speaking of friends, let me once again commend you to give John Cunningham a call. He and his team have a wide variety of tools to help you use your present budget and life to build towards a more secure and hopeful financial future. Once again, you can reach him at 205-326-7364. And always remember, whatever you choose to do today in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ, excel still more.